deserve to be hallowed and adored in the midst of your people lord we bless you ziva miroshi grandi caro shambaladaya zefalo akandolo bobo shambaladaba rendele basha imala dia falo brandoski bayandi la baba baradabra sotala baba we are in days that we need to be grateful every day to god you want to lift your two hands and thank him just thank him for him being there for you we give you all the praise we thank you lord as individuals and as a church as we have gathered this evening to hear your word we pray that lord we know your presence is here we know our lives will never be the same again thank you jesus thank you jesus you alone deserve all the praise lagedora sandi brakatala balaroshi kende brakatale barokata marakatelelele mashanda la baba leketelelele bahaya roshata ke malondi bahayas we kenela bashata kabaha labakonde balonde skivali akataya abale wakezeme ondikezi akata maroshanta ke malonda bahaya rabala gadagada bahaya i want you to keep speaking the language of the spirit lebroko shada bahaya Ikabala da babo shandele bekabaya rakatoni branga dia malakayas marosha katala lala makandele maha atala komaroshanta lababea lebande kesentele kapaya we bless you lord we thank you lord we thank you for mercy we thank you for grace we thank you for strength we thank you for your power that is at work in us we thank you for your glory we thank you Jesus as we are about to learn of you tonight we thank you Lord for you being our blessing we thank you Jesus we thank you Holy Spirit we give you praise Lord we give you glory unto you be all the glory unto you be all the honor Unto you be all majesty and power. We bless you, Lord, for strength. We thank you for life. We thank you for our visceral organs. We thank you for our kidneys. We thank you for our livers. We thank you for our hearts. We thank you for our brains. We thank you for our nervous system. We give you praise and we give you glory. We give you praise and we give you glory we bless your name lord resonte varakita marondos kipaya kinando sedaya rakande makabaya labonde kashandela haya rababa mamahanta labaya one minute more just speaking tongues leba ko shadabaya aranda dadabaha 
Ikabala dia bakashonto lomo kapa Rapa mama mashanta kayanda la baba 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 shanda la haya Eyandele vakoza vranda fahaya Atele makomba roshe fabane Atele mesondi karanti balota We bless you Lord Resota la gadaya malada Rapa olo wasama marakata paya Yikondi kafahandi kapaya Apala katola makapana maha in the name of Jesus Christ we give you praise and we give you glory thank you Jesus for who you are to us in Jesus name amen please take your seat so tonight um, tonight we are going to study something about Jesus we're going to study something about Jesus and um, I pray that it becomes a blessing it's a pure teaching and I'm telling you if you listen to it well it's going to change your life as a Christian and as a child of God to get your books get your tablets and let's enter the word of the Lord. We welcome our online viewers. And I pray that as I teach the word, word by word, line by line, your life will never be the same again. Amen. Father, we ask for your blessing. I want you to close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your blessing in this teaching service. We have come together again to hear your word. I pray as a teacher that your presence will be with me. You touch my lips with coals of fire. You bless my brains with the quickenings of the spirit. I pray that I will not miss anything you want your people to hear. Lord, I pray for my hearers that their ears will be sharp to hear what you have to say. I bind the spirit of confusion. I bind the spirit of disbelief. Abide the spirit of destruction. I pray that Lord, they will receive the word. And as they receive the word, let illumination come to us. I pray that after tonight, chains of ignorance, chains of deception will be broken in the name of Jesus. We will leave this place knowing very well that we are in safe hands in you. I pray that Lord, our hearers online will not be distracted they will receive the word and their lives will also never be the same again. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. So I'm teaching on the subject, Jesus, our blessing. Jesus, our blessing. There are a lot of times that we stay in church or we walk with God not knowing what we have in God. Many of us are walking with God, not knowing what we have in God, and not knowing what we have with God. And tonight, I'm going to attempt to teach you on the subject that, you see, there are things we call blessings. When you see somebody's car, you say, oh, it's a blessing. And you see somebody's money, money, we call it a blessing, but... I want to show you that there is, is sometimes people come to church and you have to wind them 
for them to believe that God has been good to them. So they can't praise, they can't sing. It's as if God has done nothing for us. But I'm going to teach you tonight that Jesus is our blessing. Jesus is not just somebody who came to die on the cross and took you to eternal life. No. I want us to understand tonight the blessing we have in Jesus. Amen. It, it, is, it is a dream of every lady to marry and it's a dream of every man to also find a good wife. And I believe that for a couple, the day you got married is like you found a blessing in someone. That excitement, there, there is more when you get to know what is in Christ. And tonight we are going to drink the sweet waters in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. When Jesus finished his redemptive assignment on the cross, the Bible said that he ascended to heaven and was enthroned by the Lord our Father. So when Jesus finished his assignment, he ascended and God enthroned him. He came for an assignment. He started and completed. You will finish your assignment. I said you will finish your assignment. Whatever God has called you to do, just as Jesus began his assignment and completed his assignment, whatever God has ordained for you in this life, you will accomplish it in Jesus' name. Enthronement is a ceremony to put a person on a throne, to put a person in a place of authority, to put a person in a place of power. When Jesus finished his assignment, the Bible says that he was enthroned by the Father. Now, we know that this enthronement took place between when Christ resurrected and when he ascended. So, after he had come to complete, after his death, his burial, his resurrection, and he ascended into the presence of the Lord, the Bible said that he was enthroned. Please follow the teaching. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. Jesus, our blessing. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. So he's sitting there. there no, you, you, you cannot sit on the right hand of God when you are not on the throne. The right hand of, of, of God is a place of authority and power. So Jesus ascended and he sat in the place of authority and power. Follow the scriptures. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. Give me some soft version so that I can do a good work. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. Verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee bow should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and the things under the earth verse 9 again verse 9 again verse 9 again wherefore God has 
highly exalted him. So you see that after the assignment of Christ was completed, there was an exaltation, there was an enthronement, there was a positioning of Christ Jesus for a certain purpose for us. It was not really for God's sake, but for the sake of man, God exalted Jesus. And this is the Jesus we have. And that is why this teaching, when I was preparing and, and studying into it, I was like, Many people have to know this. When you become a Christian, just after your confession, you have to know these blessings you have in Christ. And that would definitely settle you in your work with him. He was exalted not for the sake of God, but for the sake of man. He was enthroned not, not for the sake of God, but for the sake of man. Because the assignment for redemption was completed and therefore God exalted him and gave him a name that is above all other names. Every name is connected to authority. Your name is connected to an authority. Every name, when you hear the president's name, it's coming with authority. Every name. So the Bible says, at the mention of the name of Jesus, there is a difference. Something must give way to that authority. Oh, Jesus, help me. After the enthronement of Jesus, he became our blessing. He became what um, Lucifer wished he had. He became a blessing to us. Whether you are poor, whether you are rich, whether you are highly educated, whether you are not highly educated, Jesus, after his exaltation, became a blessing to man. And that is what we have to know. Else we will continue to be deceived and we will waver in the kingdom of God and we will doubt what we have in Christ Jesus. A lot of us think that if we have money, then God is with us. If we have a good car, all those things are good. Although we are believing God for all. But there is a blessing. Jesus is, only Jesus is a blessing. Having Jesus is a blessing. It's not a burden, it's a blessing. Tell yourself it's a blessing to have Jesus. Say it's a blessing to have Jesus. It's not a burden. It's not a burden. He opened a door that no man could have opened for us. He opened a door that even you, no matter the hard work you put in, you will not be able to enter. You will not, there is no way any man could have opened that door. But Jesus was the only one that opened that door for mankind. Now, in what ways is Jesus our blessing? In what ways is Jesus our blessing? These are the teachings that will ground us in the kingdom of God. These are the blessings that if you lead somebody to Christ, you should be able to articulate to the person, for the person to understand what he has gotten himself into. So in what ways did Jesus become our blessing? 
And today I want to preach and teach you so that you will not be a sad Christian. You will not walk like a depressed, a lonely, and orphan Christian. There is so much blessing in Christ. And I pray that by the time I walk you through these offices of Christ, in your life, you understand why we say that God is good. All the time, God is good. Hallelujah. There are seven ways that Jesus became a blessing to us. I've been finding out a lot of things these days when I'm studying. I'm finding out because it looks like every human being on earth is chasing something to make himself happy. So the smarter you are, the more you get what you want. But that shouldn't be what we bargain for as Christians. Is that all to life? No. There is something about Jesus we have to know that will keep us working with him in any weather. Hallelujah. So now, in what ways does Jesus become a blessing? Number one, he is our Lord and Savior. Now, all these blessings I'm going to take you through. I'm going to take you through seven critical blessings of Christ to us. All these blessings I'm going to mention to you, God in various times can appoint human beings into your life to function in these offices. I'm coming. So, whatever Jesus is to us, God can give you someone at a particular... That's why we pray for destiny helpers. That's why we pray for divine connections. Every destiny helper comes in one of these offices. If you are praying for a destiny helper, Jesus is already our destiny helper. But God always uses human beings to function in the office that Christ already possessed. So when God appoints you to help someone, you must know in the back of your mind that you have been given the privilege to help someone where Christ himself would have literally helped the person. And that's why the Bible warns us against boasting and bragging because it was a privilege that God delegated you to help. Are you here with me? So me as a pastor, you have a shepherd. But you have a shepherd. You have a shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. But he gives you shepherd after his own heart. Are you, are you here? So these offices that Jesus occupies in our lives, he always gives people to us at various times to stand in. So the first blessing is that he's our Lord and Savior. Yes. That is the first blessing that Jesus is to us. Jesus is our Lord and Savior and nobody can be saved except he or she confesses Christ. Nobody can be saved except he or she confesses Christ. Nobody can be saved. Our the, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 10. Jesus is our blessing. 
The first blessing is that is our Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10. The Bible said that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there are two conditions for salvation. Number one, you must believe in your heart. That what? That Jesus died and God raised him from the dead. It's beyond head knowledge. There are two conditions for salvation. Number one, you must believe in your heart that Jesus died, he was buried, and God raised him from the dead. Number two, you must confess with your mouth that he is Lord. He died for our sins and he rose for our justification. You must believe it. It's not head knowledge. So sometimes you see, that's why it's, it's difficult for booklong people <laughs> to go to, to under to receive Christ. Oh, yes. There are so many theories coming up about Christ, and sometimes you even hear preachers preaching, and you are wondering, they say Jesus is a cosmic force. Cosmic force, and they will bring the revelation. And people are where from this? It's not in scripture. You must believe that Christ died, he was buried, and God rose him up, he resurrected him. Nobody stole his body. Yes, you go to Israel now, there are people who are there who believe that Jesus' body was stolen, and in fact, they are another, they don't believe that Jesus has even come. But the condition to be born again, you must believe in your heart that Jesus died, was buried, and God resurrected him. Number two, you must confess it. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. You must confess him, Lord, over your life. Lord over your life. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. Any other. There is no salvation anywhere. Any other. For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. It's only Christ. Don't be deceived. Don't ever come to the point of your life because of much learning and because of much you want to know beyond. The, so now the word cosmic has become too common. Everybody wants to be metaphysical, cosmic, something hoodious. It doesn't change anything. What Christ has done, he has done. He died, he was buried, God raised him up, and that is it. Salvation came to all men. Establish it in your heart that one of the blessings of Christ to you, the first blessing of Christ to us, is that he's our Lord and Savior. And that is it. Let no man confuse you again in the name of Jesus. Number two, blessing. He is our mediator. He is our mediator. You understand certain things today. Christ is our mediator. Christ is our mediator. Who is a mediator? A mediator is a middleman trying to intervene and to bring 
two people together, two different factions together, a mediator. So right now we all know what is happening in Niger. There is a bit of coup there. The president has been overthrown and the junta military men are taking over. And um, surely France and the Western are against it. So, and other factions to Russia and co are supporting the people. So now they will be looking for a mediator. Are you here with me? They will be looking for someone who can intervene and bring the two people together. Christ is our mediator. In what? Jesus, after he resurrected and sat down on the right hand side of God and God gave him a name, he became our mediator and he represented you and I in the presence of God. So Christ represents you and I in the presence of the Lord. When you appear before God, God does not see you in your capacity. When you become born again, when you appear before God, there is nothing beautiful in you except that which Christ imputed on us. So when you appear before the Lord, instead of God seeing Kojomansa, he will see the beauty of Christ on you. You don't believe it, but that is it. Pastor How, it, that is it. Great is the mystery of godliness. And when you begin to understand these things, your walk with God will be beautiful. You will cherish this so great salvation that you will never want to throw it away. Christ is our mediator. He, he, he stands in our stead before the throne room of God. Praise God. Because when you appear, there's nothing in you that you please God. But that which Christ did and connected us to the very love of God. That's why he said, let us enter what? Boldly into what? Yeah. Because without Christ, you can't enter. You know, you know, you know you can't enter boldly. Yeah. You know, your hands are bloody. Your brains is full of wickedness. Hello, tell somebody, can you enter into the throne of grace? Like this. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you won't last. But because Christ has done something for us, we can boldly, not in our capacity, but in the capacity of Christ. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. He is our mediator. He said, for there is... First, yes, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Listen, don't let anybody deceive you. I, I don't know. Nowadays, I'm even scared to just go on the internet. The teachings are too poisonous. And the church must go back to certain basic teachings like this. There is only one man that mediates between man and God. Only one. No other person. Let them know. Just one. Just one. And the man is Jesus Christ. So the first blessing of Christ to us is that he's our Lord and Savior. 
The second blessing is that he is our mediator. He intervenes for us. He intervenes. So you see, sometimes you pray, oh God, divine intervention. Lord, send me an intervention. You are in a situation and you need God to intervene. He sends a man to come and intervene and release you. Has it happened to you before? You found yourself in a situation that you needed an intervention and somebody, a human being, comes in and speaks on your behalf and they say, oh, let him go or sign or let it go through. Has it happened to you before? Yes. I told you that every office that Jesus occupies, that is the reason why when you pray, that office will release a man in the power of Christ to intervene on, on your behalf. But when God sends a man to bring intervention into our lives, we should not make the man God in our lives. Please, are you here? If God sends a man to save you in the matter, you must not make the man your savior. He came to save you because God has already created that office. That office is there and it is in Christ. So when you save a man, don't take that title on yourself. Stop bragging. Had it not been me, this guy he would have finished. Please, it was a privilege God gave you to help that brother. And when you finish, tell the master you finish your work and move on. Because that office is not yours, it's for Christ. So if God sent you as a savior to help a brother, save the person and move on. Report to your master and move on. If God wants, you to, God wants to use you again to save somebody else, he will continue to use you. If God wants to use you as a mediator, he used you to mediate something and you deliver someone from a calamity. Don't go and stand anywhere and, and brag. Because the only man that mediates between God and man is the Lord Jesus. It was a privilege God gave you to intervene and mediate for someone. Number three, blessing of Jesus. He is our surety. He is our surety. Jesus is our surety. The first one is what? He is our Lord and Savior. The second one is that he is our mediator. The third one is that what? He is our, he is our surety. Jesus is the surety of our Father's covenant with us, his children. This is very important. Listen to it well. Jesus is our surety. Of our father's covenant. Our heavenly father's covenant. With us. His children. We are getting deeper. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21 to 22. Hebrews 7 21 to 22. For those priests were made without an oath. But this with an oath. That's that the surety. By him. That said unto him, the Lord, swear and will not repent. So it's like what he's going to say and what he has done 
and what he has become, it will not change. Jesus, that's why we say, Jesus cannot disappoint you. It's not possible that Jesus will leave you on the way. You left Jesus. He never left you. <laughs> Please, are you, are you getting something? You, Jesus will never leave you. You left him. Because he said, I swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of our better testimony or testament. Give me a message version. I'm loving this. I wish you will never forget this teaching. You will never run away from God on any day. He said... But then God intervened and called this new permanent priesthood into being an, an added. No, please go back. Into being with an added promise. God gave his word. He won't take it back. You are the permanent priest. This makes Jesus the guarantee the surety of a far better way between us and God. One that really works. A new covenant. So Jesus became our surety. He became our guarantee. A surety is someone who agrees to be legally responsible. If another person fails to live up to expectation. I repeat. A surety it's a person who stands in. It's like a guarantee to take legal responsibility that if anybody else leaves or fails to live up to expectation, let the blame be put on me. What a blessing. Have you ever understood it like this? Jesus it's not, the only thing we know about Jesus in the charismatic church is that we use him to pray. I break it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I lose it in the name of Jesus. I overturn, I override. Let it boomerang. I love those prayers. But it looks like that is all we know about the name of Jesus. But Jesus is our surety. It's our guarantee. So it is not just about you. It is all about Jesus. That is why you are a Christian. That is why you can pray. That is why you can worship. That is why you exist. It's all about Jesus. Because if you take the works of Christ out of your life, whatever you have done will never stand. There is no single Christian who has not failed. Please, I, 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 are you here with me? There is no single Christian. Your neighbor seated by you right now. Don't worry. He or she has failed. In so many ways, but he has not told you, so you don't know. There is no single. I was listening to the testimony of the lady who sang Victoria and talking about how she has divorced before. 
I'm like, so if you are a divorcee, it is not the end of the road because you have a surety that if you fail to live up to expectation, you have Jesus who takes the responsibility of what has happened. This is the new covenant we have. It's bigger, it's better, it's greater, it's more glorious, it's permanent, and the surety will never corrupt. He lives forever. This, it will settle you in Christ. You will know that you are going far with Christ. You will know that when you are wounded, Christ will not throw you on the way. You will know that when you are wounded, he will pick you into the inn, apply wine, apply oil. You get strong, you go back to the battlefield. There is no time that your wound will be too big that Christ cannot handle. There is no time that your leg will break and Christ cannot handle. There is no time that your life will be muddied and tattered and so confused that Christ will also be confused. He is our surety. And that is our comfort. And that is our comfort because if we didn't have a surety, you see, when you are a lot of ventures you are going to do, they will ask for guarantee. They will ask for witnesses. That's why I told you that all these offices, God can release men to function in at one particular time. When we are praying for destiny helpers, it is out of these offices that God will release a man. No matter the problem you are in, one of these offices solves it. If it's not a savior, it will be a mediator. If it's not a mediator, it will be what? A surety. I pray that your eyes are opening tonight in the name of Jesus. Jesus is our surety. He made himself our guarantor and he's standing for us like a man who signs a bail for somebody who has been caught in the law. Have you bailed somebody before? Have you had the opportunity to? One day I remember so many years ago when we were at the other side. So many years. I say, Let's say 11 years or 10 years ago. I was there and then a member called me. She, she was a lady or she's a lady. She called me that she's at the police station. I said, what are you doing there? He said, I've been arrested. I said, ah, you, what did you do? He said, I've been arrested. I was somewhere, something, something. I don't want to go into it. And, I've been, and they want somebody to bail me. I think I was far away. So I caught someone to go bail her and take her home, let her bath and get her new dress and bring her home. When you stand in to release someone, that become the surety. That means that if anything happens, blame me. That's what Jesus did. God, if anything happens to this, your child, blame me. Take, I take responsibility. That is a surety. What a Jesus. When we are singing worship so coming Sunday, sing well. When you have the opportunity to worship Jesus, do it well because it's your surety. There's too much reason for us to worship and praise God. He is our surety. Many times we falter and we break the terms of the covenant. 
but he stands in and defends us before the Lord and says they are made from clay and they are made from dust. Give them some time. Give him some time. Give him some time. Jesus is always pointing his hands at God and say, give him some time. He will come. He will come up. He will grow. He will mature. He will make progress. Give him some time. Give every time Jesus is whispering to God, give him some time. Give her some time. Give her some time. He is our surety. And you know, he, he made an overpayment for our fault. I'm yet to see any anointed person without fault. I'm yet to see any daughter of God without fault. I'm yet to see any son of God without fault. I'm yet to see an usher without fault. A chorister without fault. Praise God. Number four, blessing. We are doing up to seven. He is our intercessor. He is our Lord and Savior. He is our mediator. He is our surety. He is our intercessor. Why do we only use him in the name of Jesus to claim things? We have to understand this. An intercessor is someone who appeals to God in prayers on behalf of another person. He appeals. So it's a good thing to know that Jesus is your intercessor. What you see intercessors do, Jesus is their grandfather. You have human intercessors because you already have Jesus as your intercessor. That office is already created. Say, Jesus is my intercessor. Oh, say it was Jesus is my intercessor. He is always praying for us. He is always praying for us. He is always interceding for us. So the Bible says, count it all joy. When you fall in diverse temptations and trials. Because there is always a prayer going on. Yes. There is always prayer. Jesus is always making intercession. It is great to know that Jesus is your prayer warrior. Jesus is praying for you. Tell someone Jesus is praying for you. Tell the person, I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you are believing God for. I don't know where you are today. But Jesus is praying for you. Oh, tell the person Jesus is praying for you. He showed us in scripture. He showed us even before he ascended. He looked at Peter and said, you, the devil has sought to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. He has always interceded. Blind men will come. He will pray. They will see. Cripples will come. He will pray. They will see. Even when he was ascending, he was praying for the church. Jesus is our intercessor. The fourth blessing we have in Jesus is that he is our intercessor. When you come to church and we are worshiping, worship with this understanding that if everybody leaves you, you have this intercessor who is always praying for you. Even when you cannot lift your voice in prayer, you know that Jesus is praying for you. Even when you are on the sick bed, and they are ventilators and you are not well. Even when things are not going well. Even when you are disappointed. Even when you are rejected. You should know that Jesus is interceding for you. And if Jesus is your intercessor, you can never fail. 
tell yourself I can never fail because Jesus is my prayer warrior hallelujah Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 Hebrews 7 25 wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him see he ever liveth to make intercession for me for them for you he ever liveth as long as Jesus lives he's praying for you and I want to ask you will Jesus die if even you, you will not die because of eternal life. Jesus will not die. Every single day, Jesus is praying. As literal as it is, he ever liveth. Give me another version. He ever liveth. To, he said to save everyone who comes to God through him. Always on the job to speak up for them. Intercession. Jesus is speaking up for you. When you think God shouldn't give you another chance, Jesus is speaking up for you. God, give him. Give her another chance. Give her another Can you imagine if, if, if that singer was not given another chance? Will we be able to hear all these songs? No. Jesus is speaking up for you. If nobody will speak up for you, Jesus is speaking up for you. He is our intercessor. It is necessary for us to know that this is not a a replacement for our prayer life. It is necessary for us to know. Because when you study the Bible, he took them to Gethsemane. After one hour, they were sleeping. When he came, he said, why? You couldn't pray for one hour? Early in the morning, he will be in the woods. He taught us the way of men in the flesh that as long as you are on earth your prayer life cannot go down and when even he left and he seated on the right hand side of the father he ever lived to make intercession for you he taught you the way he was going and therefore our prayer life must be non-negotiable hallelujah now listen to me. Anytime your prayer is, is never enough to have given you any kind of breakthrough you received without the intercession of Christ. Can I repeat that? That is why it is dangerous to say, like always you are saying, I prayed and God gave me. I prayed. <laughs> Paul will just put it together. He never said, I prayed and God gave me this. He said, I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you. I long to see you. But anytime he was referring to something that God did for him, he would say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Your prayer is not enough to give you a miracle until Jesus speaks up for you. That is why it is very dangerous to receive a miracle. And not testify. To receive a miracle. And pretend as if you connected yourself. Or you knew it was coming. Or No, 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 no. Your prayer, your fasting was not enough. Without the intercession of Christ. It's not enough to give you a miracle. 
Oh, Jesus. So I love songs about him. Who is like you, Lord? Next time when you are singing these songs, you sing it well. Then you understand what was in the heart of the writers. Who is like you, Lord? You know, there's, when a human being helps you, he will always mention it everywhere. But Jesus is occupying all these offices. Just one man. And any time you, you need a savior, he will show up. Any time you need a mediator, he will show up. Any time you need a surety, he will show up. Any time you need an intercessor, he is there. And listen to me. Even in your prayer, when we are praying and you start speaking in tongues, in fact, it is him that is praying for you. Don't worry, I'll show you scripture as usual. If you are praying, Lord, I receive that open door in the name of Jesus. I command that open door to open. Lord, send a miracle. And lay back. Immediately you start. Jesus is making, speaking on your behalf. You are praying with the spirit of Christ. And you start speaking in tongues. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. On many occasions, when, when you are praying and speaking in tongues, Jesus is praying through your tongues. He said, likewise, the spirit, note the spirit, also help it. The writer of Romans spoke about this spirit earlier. So we'll go back to the earlier part. And I will show you that that spirit is the spirit of Christ. So anytime you are praying, you are in need and you are praying and you start speaking in tongues. The spirit of Christ begins to speak through your tongues. And I pray that everybody here speaks in tongues. It's a blessing to speak in tongues. He said, likewise, the spirit, of, the, the spirit also helped our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we should or we ought to. But the spirit itself, not the spirit, maketh intercession. Remember, he ever lived to make intercession. Make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. Maka, mm, mm, he don't understand. Pray. The spirit here is the spirit of Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So in the verse 9, he was talking about the spirit of Christ. In the verse 20, he says, definitely, the spirit he referred to is the spirit of Christ. I want you to know that Jesus is always interceding for you. So you cannot stop praying. You cannot also stop interceding for people. The offices of Christ have been made available for his children and his believers and his saints and his followers. Whatever Christ has become, you can become it to the world. That is why we make intercession. That is why we must pray for Ghana. That is why we must not give up on Ghana. We must not give up on Ghana. We must not give up on the church. We must not give up on souls. We must keep praying, praying, praying. One day, one day, 
Africa will shine. One day, Ghana will be beautiful. One day, your family will be great. One day, your own life will emerge out of glory. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will never, never stop following Jesus all the days of your life. In the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus is my intercessor. Say, Jesus is my intercessor. Number five, number five blessing of Jesus is that he is our advocate. He's our advocate. Number one is what? He's our Lord and Savior. Number two, he's our mediator. Number three, he's our surety. Number four, he's our what? Intercessor. Number five, he's our advocate. Advocating is a process of arguing a case in favor of a client. <laughs> Today I watched a, a short video where Sabinus Sabinus was a, a lawyer and uh, he had to go and defend a thief when he went the other lawyer hasn't come and he said he will not start anything until the other lawyer comes and lo and behold when the other lawyer came he's a fair beautiful damsel strong makeup, smiling, pleasant. Sabinus got confused. Jesus is not that kind of advocate. He got confused and the lady just smiled. He said, are you the lawyer? He said, I mean, I don't defend thieves. I don't defend thieves. He said, hey, he's just confused. And when they said he should plead his case, he got up and started, I don't, I don't speak false. I don't defend thieves. I've known this man, has always been a thief. Jesus is not like that. <laughs> Jesus is not like that. Jesus is our advocate. Advocating is the process of arguing a case in favor of someone. Jesus is not just our intercessor, but our advocate. First John chapter 2, verse 1. First John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you. That ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the Savior. Give me another version. It becomes softer. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father he is jesus christ he is jesus christ it's not any name of a strange spirit that has come nowadays every prophet comes out he mentions that he, he works with social and so spirit what kind of life is that jesus christ that is it the one who is truly righteous all those names, you don't even know where they are coming from. Jesus Christ, we need to establish this. We need to. And sometimes you think that is we are overemphasizing. If you know the number of educated, if you know the number of um, um, long-standing Christians who can, because of a need, because of a need, can believe anything in the name of solution. I work with 
kaya kaya spirit. I work it. Kaya kaya spirit. And, and so far as the thing can work, but this is it. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Let me show you four aspects of our salvation. Number one, our salvation has eternal value. Eternal value. Our salvation is not a milk. A milk that has expired it. Or a meat that if you don't put in fridge it will spoil. It has eternal value. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9. Quickly. He said, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Unto all them that obey him. So our salvation has eternal value. Do do you understand that? Our salvation has eternal value. It has no expiry date. Number two, shades of our salvation. It can only take apostasy for you to lose your salvation. It can only take apostasy for you to lose your salvation. Apostasy is when you willfully, consciously abandon and renounce the faith. And say you don't believe in Christ again. You are not a Christian again. You don't have anything to do with this church, church, church. You, you, are, you, are, you are living a normal life. Or you are now of another faith. That means you have left the belief in Christ. You, and you have perpetually abandoned the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't just get there. It takes a lot of sins. Unrepented sins. Accumulated. You come to a point where you take God for granted. You don't see anything. Ah, anything. Before you realize you are, you are gone. And that which should have been eternal you would have lost it. Are you here with me? When you renounce your Christian faith and settle in sin without remorse and settle in another faith, sadly you lose it. Number three, shade or part of our salvation. When a Christian falls into sin, I told you I have a teaching on when a Christian sins. I have not taught it. It's there. Maybe we'll find time and we'll look at that. But when a Christian falls into sin, what he loses is fellowship and not relationship. So when you, you commit fornication, adultery, or you gossip, you envy, you are jealous, you steal, you... You criminalize an act. Whatever. You rebel. You disobey. You don't lose your relationship with God. You break fellowship. And that is very dangerous. Hello? Now, it is just like... Today, today, there's a clear example. A friend of mine wanted to go and take money from the bank. She says it started from yesterday or so. When she tries to take it, she was not able to take it. So she called them. She called the bank. I don't want to mention the bank. 
Then they told her that she has to come and update her details. Else she cannot take her money. There is a break in fellowship. Do you know the mess that it caused her? Her child was supposed to go to school. She has to now roam and look for somebody to borrow money from. The inconvenience. Up to today, she didn't have money. But her, her, her account, she still has a relationship with the bank. She will go and restore the fellowship and she starts enjoying again. When a Christian falls into sin, there is a break of fellowship. Now, with all that I've taught you, it is because you may sin, that is why Jesus became your advocate. Because if you slip, who will speak up for you? Hello? <laughs> or you think you can never slip? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know you slip. So Jesus became your advocate so that if you slip, your relationship is intact, your fellowship that is broken can quickly be repaired. Can you imagine my friend if her connection is not is not connected quickly. The inconvenience. She will have to borrow money, borrow money, borrow money, borrow money. And you, it's not comfortable. You will see that that is not what you should be enjoying. When you walk in sin as a Christian, you will realize that you forfeit a lot of privileges. That is it. Your benefits will be limited. But you are still a child of God. That's the interesting thing. So, they asked me today, they asked me a question at work that is every sin sin? Is every sin equal? I said, no, the sins are not equal. But every sin is a sin. <laughs> then they say, ah. And I said, yes, every child who is a boy is a son. But not all sons are the same. Cain is not Abel. Abel is not Cain, but they are sons. They said, so how will God punish you? Like on the final day, uh, is God going to show a video? And I said, that is Sunday school teaching. But maybe people deduce it from the fact that we shall all give account of what we have done. In the, but there, I don't, there's nothing in scripture showing that there's going to be a video, but you will give account. I don't know how God has recorded, but you will give account. Are you here? Praise God. First John chapter 2 verse 1 again. And look at that scripture well. Softer version. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. So you see, the thing is that you must not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate... We have, please, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus, the one who is truly righteous. So now you understand 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John 1, 9. Look at it. Look at it. 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin should never take you out of church. Sin should never take you out of God because provision has been made to make you clean again for you to keep moving. The worst thing that can happen to a Christian is for him to use sin to drive him out of the presence. Who is going to help you? It is better to run into God when you sin for him to work on you. Because he's not going to leave you. He has become your advocate, a paid lawyer for you. Am I blessing you? The last part of your salvation is that grace and God's forgiveness are not a license to sin. Grace and God's forgiveness are not a license to sin. Romans 6, 12. Romans 6, 12. Romans 6, 12. Romans 6, 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the last thereof. A soft version, any version. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. So the same Romans that is telling us all this is telling us do not let sin control the way you live. Tell somebody, don't let sin control the way you live. But be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, tell the person you are afraid. Tell the person, do not let sin control the way you live. If you are not saying it, I am suspecting. Tell the person, do not let sin control the way you live. But be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We are still at the last part of the shade of salvation. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. That is why grace and God's forgiveness is not a license to sin. Message version of that, quickly. He said, sooner or later, we will all have to face God. Hey, God, that Lebra kato lebra taya. Next, we will all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. May the Lord help us all. Settling in sin can lead you into apostasy. Run away from it. Amen. Number six, blessing of Christ. Brief, and then we move to the seven. He is our high priest. Christ is our high priest. I don't want to do part two. Christ is our high priest. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. Christ is our high priest. From advocate, he's our high priest. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into one. He, in, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. The major duty of the high priest was to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people and to stand and bless the people. I told you every office that Christ occupies, he gives you men to occupy. So. I stand as a priest to offer sacrifice 
and to pray for you. Not in my capacity, but in the capacity of Christ. Now, Christ became our high priest. It's our blessing. That is always speaking blessings over us. The blood that speaks better things. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Christ is always speaking better things on your life. May better things begin to happen to you from today. In the name of Jesus. Leviticus chapter 16 verse 2 to 3. Quickly. Give me some version throughout. NLT. Let me just. The Lord said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die. For the axe cover the place of atonement is there. I'm just giving you a picture of who the high priest and I myself am present in the cloud above the covenant, the atonement cover. Hallelujah. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow these instructions fully. He must bring a long thing. That's the high priest. Sacrifice. After that, he has to bless the people. And the Bible said, Jesus became our high priest. 16 verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6. He said, Aaron will present his own boo as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord. So you see that the life of the priest is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Remember, you were a priest. So as I'm talking, you are just thinking about me wearing a gown and trip. You, you are a priest. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Is that in First Peter chapter two verse nine? Give us First Peter chapter two verse nine. Uh huh. Uh huh. Give us Old King James for that. Yes. He said, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You, you are a priest." Your life must be full of sacrifices for God's kingdom. And blessing people is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. The last blessing we have in Christ critically is that he is the testator of a new will. He's the testator of a new will. A testator signifies one who has properties to give to loved ones. Yeah. One who has properties. He said, I go to my father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. When you go to heaven, you have your mansion. We are joined heads with Christ in the Lord Jesus. So you see that Everything that Christ has, the Bible says, all things are yours. He, he gave us a will that will never ever expire. And we don't need to go through somebody to go to him. Hello? You don't need to go through somebody. You can pray to God without me. No pastor must stand between you and Christ. That pastor is false. If I don't talk to God, God will not listen to your prayer. He's a liar. Hello. As much as we pray 
It's because a lot of Christians are lazy, so they don't have intimacy with Christ. I have a lot of teachings to do before then. I told you from the beginning of the year, I'll be doing more Christ, Christ, Christ. Because a lot of Christians are lazy and don't want to go into relationship with God, a lot of people are taking them for granted. As you are sitting here, if a prophet calls you, now, he mentions your name, Jigbodi, I saw that you are dead. Friday, meet me in my all night. When you finish, they see me. Then he tells you that within two weeks, I want you to bring me 5,905. And when you are coming, bring seven bottles of I'm telling you, wherever you get the money, you will send it. <laughs> A bottle so. Boom! You come and sing, but you go and give it to him. And you just do some alugusa on you. We are lazy. If, 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 if you and I would decide to get close to God, a lot of these calam, chaos, would disappear from the system. So we have learned seven things. Let me give you the scripture for this one. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 to 17. You see that we stayed in Hebrews. So I commend you to the book of Hebrews this week. Between today and Sunday, we are studying the book of Hebrews. Okay? Is that a good deal? Study the book of Hebrews. He said, that is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and, and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal life. Or eternal inheritance. Uh-huh. That's what I was looking for. Eternal inheritance. God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that. Now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. Did Jesus die? Did Jesus die? Did he rise? Yeah, so the testator is still around. I pray that this, teach, this teaching will help you. Number one, he's our what? Our Lord and Savior. Number two, he's our mediator. Number three, our surety or our guarantor. Number four, our intercessor. Number five, advocate. Number six, High priest and number seven is our testator, the testator of a new will. Hallelujah. Please rise up on your feet and begin to thank God for these blessings in Christ Jesus. Begin to thank Jesus for being our blessing. Thank Him for being your blessing. Thank Him for being your Lord and Savior. Thank Him for Him being your intercessor. Thank Him for Him being your advocate. Thank Him for Him being your mediator. Thank Him for Him being your high priest. Thank Him. Thank Him for Him being your surety. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise.
give you glory. We celebrate you, Lord. We thank you for this enlightenment. We thank you for this knowledge. We thank you for flooding our minds with the light of the gospel this evening. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that chains are broken. We thank you that dark clouds on our minds have been dispersed forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Your right hand lifted, let's make these faith declarations. Say, I declare that Jesus is alive in me. Oh, I can't feel you. Say, I declare that Jesus is alive in me. I have the Spirit of God in me. And it is at work in me. I am now the righteousness of God. In the name of Jesus. Sin cannot have dominion over me. In the name of Jesus, I am too blessed to be cursed. I am too blessed to be poor. I am too blessed to be stressed. I am a, I am a God on earth. In the name of Jesus, lies are falling to me in pleasant places. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command favor upon my life. I command favor wherever I go. I open favor doors wherever I go. Doors open for me on their own accord. In the name of Jesus, I declare that the kingdom of God is within me. I declare that as a kingdom citizen, I am walking in power and I'm walking in glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering.